0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm
1: podcast network.
2: Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program.
4: I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. Today we are having a powerful show on Lessons in Truth, continuing the series based upon H. Emily Cady's classic, Unity Classic, Lessons in Truth. Now, this is the third lesson in the series, and we're doing one chapter at a time. So it's 12 chapters in Lessons and Truth. We're going to have 12 shows on just Lessons and Truth, And we want to make sure that if you have any questions or concerns that you call in. So let me give you the number early so you can make sure if you have any questions, you can contact us as soon as possible. The call-in number is 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Now, we're starting today with the chapter on thinking, third lesson. Now, there's it's some things in this lesson that will require some explanation and some further use of terminology that was not necessarily used in her time and frame of time frame of what we now call new thought that we use today. All right. So, she starts off the book And my version is on page 27. I don't know which version you have. I've seen so many different um, sizes and shapes of lessons and truth throughout the years. But I'm using a Unity Classic Library series version of lessons and truth. And she basically states that in the very first paragraph, we learn in the second lesson that the real substance within everything we see is God, that all things are one and the same spirit in different degrees of manifestation. That all the various forms of life are just the same, one life come forth out of the invisible into the into visible forms, that all the intelligence and all the wisdom in the world are God as wisdom in various degrees of manifestation, that all the love that people feel and express toward others is just a little, so to speak of God as love come into visibility through the human form, so what she does right off the bat is she remind you about what we talked about last week in chapter two, a Statement of Being, that God is the source of all, in the sense of God is life, God is love, God is power, God is wisdom, God is substance. What she's trying to do is remind people that when you see wisdom and intelligence expressed is God. When you see love expressed, that's God. When you see the peace that passes all human understanding expressed, that's God. We have to continually pull our minds back to uh, God to use the old, old school term as first cause, even if I know there's some metaphysicians who really don't like the term first cause and cause and effect or whatever, whatever term you like to use, uncauseless cause, however you choose to use it now. Then she goes on and explains when we say there is but one mind in the entire universe and that this mind is God. Let me just stop here for a moment. Because when she says there's one mind, she's capitalizing the M. She's, so let me start over. When they say there's but one mind in the entire universe and that mind is God, some purpose persons having followed understandingly the second lesson and recognize God is the one life, one spirit, one power, pushing himself out into various degrees of manifestation through people and things will at once say yes all this is all plain but someone else will say if all the mind there is is God then how can I think wrong thoughts or have any but God thoughts now when so let me just stop here when we say there's only one mind the mind of God I think it requires a secondary statement to it how uh, Reverend Coleman the founder of Christ universal temple used to say it was there's, there's only one mind, the mind of God and we have consciousness in the one mind. So what she was basically saying is there's one intelligence and we utilize that one intelligence. as individualized expressions of God. There's only one spirit, but we're individualized expressions of that one spirit. There's only one substance that which stands under all visible and invisible manifestation or creation. But we are individualized expressions of that one substance, and we have shape and form, just like everything else in the visible uh, realm. So, so everything comes out of the one thing, but when it, well, when it takes on the characteristics of a thing then it doesn't necessarily mimic, uh, I don't want to use the word mimic, it, it, we don't recognize that it's a part of the whole. So so just as you have a body, but your hand is not your foot, but it's still your body, what we call consciousness, what we call awareness, is the mind of God individualized and expressing through us. So then a person will say, well, how can I have thoughts that are whatever? Because the conscious mind has the ability to do three things at all times. It's doing one of these three things. It's turning within to what we now would call the superconscious phase of mind, Christ mind. Some people say turn within the spirit, whatever term you like to use, secret place of the most high, kingdom of God within. It can look to the subconscious mind, the place where our memories and feelings and you know unconscious, nor mainly unconscious beliefs or so subconscious beliefs are there. A attitude about a thing and see, okay, what do I pull up out of my own awareness about this? Or it looks outside of itself and sees what information can be uh, gained from the five senses. So at, at any moment right now, at this very moment, it's, your conscious mind is doing one of those three things. If you're paying attention to the show right now, you're listening to information from your five senses. And depending on how you accept it or don't accept it, it's clashing with what's already in your subconscious mind. So Katie goes on to say on page 28. There is in reality only one mind or spirit, which is life, intelligence and so forth in the universe. And yet there is a sense in which we are individual or separate, a sense in which we are free wills and not puppets. Then she goes on to say man is made up of spirit, soul, body. Now, when she says man, she means humankind. She says spirit is the unchanging I of us. We talked about that last week uh, about the, the spirit within us, the Christ nature, the I am, whatever term you want to use. That's that part of us that's central and unchanging. She said it's the part that since infancy has never changed and to all eternity will never will change. So there's an aspect of you. There's an aspect of me. There's an aspect of every person that is spiritual and like God. That's the key point. Spiritual and like God. And what does that mean? If God is spirit this aspect of us is spirit. If God is love, this aspect of us is love. If God is life, this aspect of us is life. If God is wisdom, this aspect of us is wisdom. If God is power, this aspect of us is power. It is the composite idea of all of the ideas in divine mind. It is the, as Fillmore, Charles Fillmore used to call it, the grand man of the universe. Uh, it's the, it's God's idea of itself as you, as me, as every person. Now, most of us have no clue or comprehension about what it means to be God's idea of itself because we live in alignment with the, with the false beliefs of the human experience. What does that mean? That we primarily identify with our human name, gender, race, nationality, and all these other things, our, 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 our economic position, our you know relationship status. Uh, are we parents? We we go through a whole bunch of things before we ever get to I'm a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. We go through a lot of stuff before we ever get there. So it's important as we start talking about this chapter on thinking that we have to always remind ourselves to pull the thought back to there's a part of me that is unchanging. Now, Katie goes on to say she calls soul or what metaphysical Christians call mortal mind is the region of the intellect where we do conscious thinking and our free wills. This part of our being is in constant process of changing now. Here's one of the things that sometimes gets overlooked really quickly when we uh, people read Lessons in Truth. These lessons were written in 1894. Later on, Fillmore and many of the other New Thought people really kind of um, talked about the structure of the soul in three parts. Some did two parts, some did three. Uh, from the Unity brand, uh, they talked about, obviously, man is a threefold being, spirit, And then soul and body at the soul level or entire mind or consciousness as a whole, not just conscious, what you're conscious of, but consciousness or awareness of being was broken down into three basic parts. Superconscious mind, conscious mind, subconscious mind. And lessons in truth, these terms outside of the conscious mind or conscious thinking aren't used. Why? It just wasn't a part of the terminology of the time. So she uses mortal mind to talk about as an aspect of the intellect that focuses on the human ways, human reasonings, and what the five senses can tell it only. So it's key when you read H. M. Emily Katie, you know what you're reading because you're like, wait a minute, why did she say this instead of that? but it's based upon language. And let me give an example of how she says this. I mean, this is beautiful. She says, on a uh, mortal mind, the term so much used and so distracting to many is the intellect, which gathers its information from the outside world through the five senses. That is absolutely correct. This mortal mind has no way of knowing truth from falsehood. That is absolutely correct. So if you're judging things based upon facts only and not absolute reality, uh, and spiritual principle Then you will completely judge things Based upon outer appearances only She goes on to say It is what Paul calls The mind of the flesh It is a contradistinction To spiritual mind And he flatly says And she quotes Paul from Romans 8:6, The mind of the flesh Believing what the carnal mind says That's her paraphrase Is death, sorrow, trouble, sickness but to set the mind on the spirit, ability to still the carnal mind and let the spirit speak within us is life and peace. So she's saying we have to learn how to control what she's calling this mortal mind or intellectual thinking only. Intellect is good, but it's limited to its level. The intellect, unless it's spiritualized, will always be trained to look outside of itself. So she goes on to say, the spirit within you is divine mind, the real mind. Without it, the human mind would disappear just as a shadow disappears when the real thing that casts is cast it is removed. Then she goes on to say, and I and I love this. She says on at least in my book on page 30 if you are one who seeks and expects to get any realizing knowledge of spiritual things through argument or reasoning, no matter how scholarly your attainment or how great you are in worldly wisdom, you are a failure in spiritual understanding. You're attempting an utter impossibility that of crowding the infinite into the court measure of your own intellectual capacity. Now, where did this come from? Well, people, you know, will say, well, you know, Prove to me that God exists, okay? And then some people say, well, prove to me that God doesn't exist. Well, both premises are looking at it from a standpoint of, of God is to be experienced. See, so, you know, we, we think from a st- standpoint of subject-object, that I'm a thing looking at a thing. See, but when you at- realize that there's no duality, and that the presence and power of God that you're looking for, you're it. Then that changes the perspective. But the intellect doesn't grasp that. That is a realization that is that comes to you deep within your soul that, you know, that, you know, that, you know, like when Jesus asked Peter who do, and his disciples, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. In other words, your human thinking did not reveal this to you. The way you think could not have given you that conclusion. But there's an inner knowing, an inner intelligence that when we tap into it, a higher way of thinking that will stream into us or express through us, is a better term, the the infinite wisdom and knowledge of God the infinite wisdom and knowledge of God so so what when we talk about this chapter from the during the rest of the show I want that to always be the backdrop even as we think about thinking we're thinking to get our minds in alignment with the principles of truth now Because what she tries to do in this chapter on thinking is not just talk about this is how thinking works. That's really not the point of this chapter. The point of this chapter is to teach you the difference between relying on human thinking and spiritual thinking. So she's drawing a contrast on how we think normally and how we would think we could think if we were in alignment with our true spiritual nature. Hopefully that comes across. So let me give you the number again to call in if you have any comments or questions. 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also, I'd like to remind you that Christ Universal Temple welcomes you if you're in the Chicagoland area. We'd love to see you. Service starts at 1030 a.m. and ends at 12 noon Central Standard Time. And we also live stream our services at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. Come and hear a powerful lesson from our senior minister, the Reverend Derek B. Wells. Also, remember that this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, please freely give. Click on the donate button. And support this ministry. I'm also asking you to share this show and Unity Online Radio on your Facebook page, on your Twitter. All you got to do is take a link, paste it onto your page, and let people make their own choices. But help spread the word because we have a message I believe that can help transform the world. I really do. So we're going to take a quick short break. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
3: Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
4: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we are in the midst of the series Lessons in Truth, based upon the book by H. Emily Katie, and we're covering Chapter 3. Now, before I go back to Katie, I want to read uh, the definition for thinking Out of the Revealing Word. Now, for those who don't know what the Revealing Word is, it's a book by Charles Fillmore that is a dictionary of metaphysical terms. In other words, words that we use a lot in New Thought, what is the metaphysical understanding of those words? So thinking, according to the Revealing Word of Charles Fillmore, is the formulating process of mind. The formulating process of mind. In other words, formulating means that's which shapes. So when you're thinking, you're forming. When you're thinking, you're shaping. I just want to make sure that that's clear. He goes on to say, The thinking faculty in you makes you a free agent because it is your creative center. In and through this one power, you establish your consciousness you build your world. That's key. That's key. Now, he does tell people that the thinking your thinking, can get out of hand. So he says, be no longer a slave to the thinking faculty. Command it to be still and know. So in other words, your mind should not take you where you don't want to go you know how you know sometimes you see these horrific situations on the news and somebody said you know i just got so angry and i just got overwhelmed or they just couldn't stop thinking about something in particular and they allowed their thinking faculty to dominate them they were slaves to their thoughts Because they didn't realize that they have dominion over their thoughts and feelings. So they allowed a snowball, this is my analogy, if you stand at the top of a mountain and you throw a snowball off the mountain, if it keeps rolling downhill, sooner or later it turns into an avalanche. And what ends up happening with people is they don't stop the thought, they don't stop the image, they don't stop the feeling, they don't stop erroneous beliefs while they're small. And then when they become in their minds only because this is only happening in the mind it's your own perception your own beliefs your own feelings there's no factual basis or absolutely no basis in truth but it'll keep getting larger and larger in you to the point to where it becomes almost overwhelming but you have control over your thoughts you won't do anything without giving yourself permission even if it doesn't seem like you're um, not giving people say, Well, I, you know, it just happened. No, at some level, even if it's instant, you gave yourself permission to do it, or you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. So, always realize that you have that power. And I also want to read the definition quickly on thought and uh, a couple of other words before we get back to HM Katie, because we're talking about thinking. Under the definition of thought in the revealing word that says thought, a product of thinking, a mental vibration or impulse. So if you start thinking about, OK, out of the thinking process comes becomes a thought. A thought is a mental vibration or impulse. So that lets you know that thought is mental energy right off the bat, because impulse or vibration is energy. Then he says each thought is an identity that has a central ego around which all elements revolve. Thoughts are capable of expressing themselves. Every thought clothes itself in a life form according to the character given it by the thinker. The form is simply the conclusion of the thought. What does that mean? When you think a certain way, those thoughts align themselves up to start to express in your outer world, attract, form, create, manifest experiences that are consistent with the thought. So the form matches the, the matches the thought. So when a person says thoughts are things, that's what they mean. The thing I'm looking at, that's my thought formed. That's my thought in a body, regardless of what the experience is, good, bad, or indifferent. But we need to know that that's thinking manifested. So. She also, excuse me, he also goes on to say that thought is controlled by the right use of affirmation and denial by the power of the mind to accept and reject. Now, so we have the ability to say yes to things and no to things consistently to deny the power of certain beliefs and affirm the truth of others. And that's how we control it. So it's really important to get a handle on the mind. By knowing what you're thinking. When well, you don't want to think something, stop yourself. When well, you don't want your mind to go there, stop it early. Don't let it build up in you until it turns into a Goliath. Now, two other quick definitions I want to read, and then we're going to get back to, excuse me, to lessons in truth. The, the next definition I want to read is image. Image. And image is found in the revealing word for those who actually have a revealing word on page 103. And it states a mental representation of anything that actually presented to the senses. That's a Webster's def- definition. But Fillmore says everything that is manifested was first a mental picture. And was brought into expression by the forming power of the imagination. See, that's key. Everything that is manifested was first a mental picture. If it's out here in the physical realm, it was in somebody's mind first. It doesn't make a difference what it is. It was in somebody's mind. You know, the, the, the greatest thing you've ever seen and experienced was a somebody's thought originally. That which you consider horrific was somebody's thought originally. Everything comes out of the mind. That's what Jack Addison used to say. It's an out-of-print book called Psychogenesis. Everything begins in the mind. So we have to realize that it's always the mind. So on page 104, imagination, because when we're talking about imagination, we're still talking about thinking. It says, The faculty of mind that images and forms the power to shape and form thought. So, When I'm using my imagination, I'm shaping and forming thought. So to think is the image. Don't miss that. To think is to image. Because if the thinking is the formulating process of mind and imagination is the power to shape and form thought, then guess what's happening? I'm thinking. Now, the question is, what am I imaging when I'm thinking all day? Can't pray for two minutes and then think all type of other stuff that's inconsistent with my prayer for the rest of the day. That won't work. that won't work. so it's important to pull the mind back to what are you imaging because what you are what you see huh is what you get now, back to the book and she states on <clears throat> excuse me. Page
5: 32, a very, very powerful quote. Seek light from the spirit of truth within you.
4: Go alone. Think alone. Seek light alone. And if it does not come at once, do not be discouraged and run off to someone else to get light. For as we said before, by doing so, you only get the opinion of the intellect and may then excuse me, and may be then further away from truth, the truth you are seeking than ever before, or the mortal mind makes false reports. So she's stating that if you want the higher way of thinking, the higher awareness, the higher consciousness, you have to spend some alone time with God, the God in you, realizing that the God presence in you is not in you like the, a raisin is in a bun the god presence in you is like water and it like wet in water see you can't separate
5: wet from water it's the same thing now you are a point of awareness this is another way of looking at this in the mind of god
4: a point of awareness in the mind of God, an idea in divine mind. Therefore, you are right here and right now, regardless of what you're experiencing, going through. Um, and I know that right now I'm not. I want you to know I'm not belittling anyone's experience. People are going through stuff and I get that. But what I am saying is this. Right here, and right now, you're in the I'm not presence of God. If God is all the presence there is, if God is everywhere equally present, then there is no spot where God is not. And if God is everywhere equally present, that means grace and love and peace and joy is there. Health and wholeness is there. But we symbolized by the woman who pushed through the crowd to get to Jesus, to touch the hem of his garment, because she said, if, if I can just get to him, He doesn't have to speak to me. All I need to do is touch the hem of his garment and I'll be healed. She pushed through the crowds. We have to push through the crowds of our own thinking, the crowded thoughts and images, the crowded beliefs, the crowded feelings, the crowded attitudes, the crowded misperceptions,
5: and just get a glimpse of the wholeness Of God in us and what we call the miraculous can happen who said you can't be healed who said you can't be free who said
4: you can't be prosperous it's the same words that God said to Adam in the allegory of Adam and Eve the garden of Eden allegory who told you you were naked? Who told you? Who told you you didn't have enough in you to make it? Who told you you had to live a subservient life? Who told you that? Who told you that? See, because after a while, you've got to pull your mind back.
5: Who told you that? Your intellect? Somebody else's intellect? Somebody else's facts? Who told you? So, she says, quoting the
4: Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. She goes on to say, this is the universal mind, which makes no mistakes. Still the intellect for the time being and let universal mind speak to you. She says, when it speaks, though it be a still small voice, you will know that what it says is truth. How will you know? You will know just as you know you are alive. All the argument in the world to convince you against truth that comes to you through the direct revelation will fall flat and harmless at your side. And the truth that you know, not simply believe, you can use to help others. That which comes forth through your spirit will reach the innermost spirit of him to whom you speak so i I love this once you and I get a greater realization of truth through direct revelation, not only will it help us and now it can help others and she says that what you give from your from the spirit within you goes directly to the spirit within somebody else,
5: so when you are praying. You're praying to behold the Christ in them, not fix their life.
4: Because scripture says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. But what's being lifted up? The Christ nature. If I lift up the Christ nature in me, then
5: guess what? That helps lift up the Christ nature in those around me. Hmm. She goes on to say.
4: What is born from the outside or intellectual perception reaches only the intellect of him you would help. So when you want to have an intellectual discourse, it'll be great for those who want to have that. But those who want the deeper truth of what it means to have the spirit of God revealed. To them. That requires more than intellectual thinking that requires you to
5: to, as Paul stated so eloquently in the Bible, you must die daily. Your new life, your dream, your spiritual aspirations are for the potential you, not the now you. You must evolve just like a caterpillar evolves into a butterfly you have to shed the old you and grow wings so you can fly because without that understanding that
4: you can't take the now you with the now thinking Where you want to go, you will bump up against stuff consistently and wonder and pray and, oh, God, why? And I'm doing the stuff right and I go to church and I volunteer. But it's more than that. I must die daily. I must die
5: daily. I must die daily. It's the only way the only way we want a shortcut to the kingdom but you must die daily seek ye first the kingdom
4: of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you God first die daily Paul stated in Galatians I live yet not I Christ lives in me. So it's important to realize that you have within you the ability to make sure that your spiritual evolution is going forward in a way that allows you to die. Daily and become that which you need to express, or better yet, what God seeks to express through you. Because if you have a higher nature, you have a higher way. Now, we're going to quickly go to the last break, but I do want to remind you if you want to call in, if you have any questions, you can call in at 888 558 6489. Again, it's 888 558 6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
3: What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner?
1: Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now.
3: You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms@unity.fm. at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms.
4: Okay, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we're, again, covering Lessons in Truth by H. Emily Katie. This was a 12-week series we're going to cover every chapter of the Unity Classic, Lessons and Truth, written originally as separate articles uh, by H.M. Lee for Charles and Myrtle Fillmore in 1894 and 1895. This book is a classic. It has never been out of print, and it is still used today in Unity Circles and the Circles of the Universal Foundation for Better Living, where I'm from ordained licensed minister or teacher we use it as our secondary text uh, after the Bible metaphysically interpreted so it's r- really a- an important book in the New Thought movement now H.M. Lee goes on to say that that when we are working and let me give you the page number matter of fact I don't I don't um, want you to lose this page 34 on the Unity Classic Library series she states, but someone says, I do not see how my thinking evil or wrong thoughts about God, about anyone can make me sick or my husband lose his position. She says, well, I will not just now try to explain all the steps which bad results follow false thinking. But I will just ask you to try thinking true, right thoughts a while and see the what the results will be. Take the thought God loves me and think the words over and over continually for a few days, trying to realize that they are true and see what effect will be on your body and circumstances. So what she's saying is, I'm not
5: going to argue and debate with you. Try it for yourself and see what works. Take a thought like God
4: loves me, or God is the source of my supply, or God is the peace in my soul, and just work with that thought over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. How many times? Until you feel comfortably that you have really worked it to the point of really getting the concept deeply ingrained in your soul. See how you feel. See how your body responds. See how you respond to other people. See what's shows up in your experience and even when something shows up that you might not necessarily want to deal with how you respond to it see because what she's saying is if this is a science and science in the sense of knowledge but also science in the sense of demonstrable that you should be able to think about certain things believe certain things feel certain ways and be able to show up in life powerfully ready to take action in alignment with god's will for you and the experience. Now, God's will is absolute good. So that doesn't mean impose your will, impose your religious way, uh, uh, impose your political position. It means showing up as love. It means showing up as peace. It means showing up as wholeness in an experience, showing up as potential, showing up as possibility in an experience, being unstoppable, being in the space to where when you show up, people can comprehend and feel the presence of holiness in the experience because we're all holy but we're not always aware of our wholeness because holy and wholeness come from the same root so so that which is sacred in you can shine forth to the point where it activates something that's whole in someone else but be the space for wholeness it's sort of like You know, a a child who has a uh, that grandmama or grandfather or somebody that they just love to see when they're in their presence. They just feel better. They feel good. They feel comfortable. They feel
5: protected. So so it's a presence that goes along with who and what you are. And it's detectable. It's detectable. Uh, Catherine Ponder calls it radiation and attraction.
4: What are you radiating? Because we just said that thought is mental vibrational impulse. That means, so when I'm thinking, I'm sending out mental vibration and impulse. What are those mental vibrations and impulses bringing back to me? What are those mental vibrations and impulses creating in my life? That's a good question to ask yourself because we're talking about thinking. All right. She goes on to say. On page 35, it is difficult for you to understand why if God lives in us all the time, he does not permit our thoughts. He does not excuse me, keep our thoughts right instead of permitting us through ignorance to drift into wrong thoughts and bring and so bring trouble on ourselves. In other words, if God lives in us, why does God allow us to think error thoughts and create crazy in our lives what she says where we're not basically robots your child will never learn to walk alone if you always do his walking because you recognize that the only way for him to be strong self-reliant in all things in other words to become a man is to throw him on himself and let him through experience come to a knowledge of things for himself You're not willing to make a mere puppet of him by taking the steps for him, even though you know that he will fall down many times and give himself severe bumps in his ongoing toward perfect physical manhood. So she states we're in the process of growth into the higher, excuse me, higher spiritual manhood and womanhood. We get many falls and bumps on the way. But only through these, not necessarily by them, can our growth proceed. Father and mother, no matter how strong or deep their love, cannot grow for their children. Nor can God, who is omnipotence at the center of our being, grow spiritually for us without making us automatons instead of individuals. So you're free to grow and evolve. Fall down and get up and go through the stages of life, growth in life that we call appearances and challenges to evolve to your perfect spiritual nature. In other words, it's already whole in you, but you're growing in an awareness of it. So the soul part of you
5: is evolving the soul part of you is awakening the soul part of you
4: is developing the soul part of you is coming back to a realization look like I have
5: someone on the phone named Judy Judy are you there hello is she there Judy Okay. All right. So just let me know if she comes back. So as we
4: continue to work on the consciousness of truth, as we continue to work on our prayer life, as we do the meditation and then as we go out and live powerfully, we're evolving the soul to a point to where it is aware of our perfect spiritual nature. It's really important that you get this. Because as you think, thinking can be constructive or destructive, but it's never neutral. You're either building or you're tearing down. Building or tearing down. if you don't want something in your experience, the way you transform it is to deny the power of it. You have to literally starve it to death. Mentally. You have to get that. Did we get her back on the line? OK, so what we need to make sure then is that we must be highly intentional with our thinking. Now, am I telling you that if you think all the time, all the right way uh, that everything will show up the way you want it. Well, first of all, nobody thinks all the right way all the time, so I can't say that. Nor can I say I don't know what's in your soul and what needs to come up and come out and express and what you need to evolve through from what you've already put in there. But What I can say, if you stay consistent, focused, and intentional, you'll be able to take care of some things. Now, we have Judy on the line now. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Judy. How are you doing? Where are you calling from?
0: Great. I'm calling from Chicago. Actually, I'm a member of Christ Universal Temple.
5: Beautiful. With, uh, Thank
0: you. Reverend Wells and Reverend McDowell. And um, I just wanted to call and make the comment that I, I love the fact that you are doing this series right now. I'm in Basic Truth Principles 2 with Reverend Boyd. Beautiful. And um, I think the um, we're about one, let's see. This week we're reviewing the first three chapters, but we are just about along the same, uh, moving along the same as you are with the chapters in the book. And so it's wonderful to be able to um, listen to you, talk about this book um, because it only um, affirms what I've already uh, heard and learned from Reverend Boyd in class um, and helps me glue it to my brain and my heart a little bit more to hear it again and to hear it from um, your perspective as well. So just calling to say thank you for doing this series, and uh, I'll be listening every week.
4: Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing. And I hope that what you what I'm saying is consistent with Reverend Boyd because she was one of my primary teachers. So God be the glory. If you're in her class, I know yeah. that you're in excellent hands. Um
0: yeah oh and it definitely that's what i mean it definitely um goes along with what she's saying but i guess hearing it from you and maybe hearing it um a a, a second time explained from um a minister from CUT only helps to helps me to gain a different perspective on it um Beautiful. but it definitely um affirms and goes along with what she has already taught us
4: Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for sharing and commenting, and uh, make sure you let me know when you, on Sunday come up and let me know you're the personal call. Okay,
0: I certainly will. I'll come down in front and let you know on Sunday.
4: Thank you very much. God bless you.
0: Okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye bye.
4: God bless you. Bye. So, so basically to wrap it up, this chapter is based upon, even though it's not in the book, Romans chapter twelve verse two. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Over and over again, you got to realize that the transformation happens in the mind. You want to renew life, a transformed life. Rather, you have to renew your mind. You have to make it new again. So next week, we're going to cover the tools to actually control thinking. So next week, we're going to do the fourth lesson in Lessons in Truth, which is on denials. So if you have the book Lessons and Truth, what I would suggest is, just like the caller who's actually taking a class at Christ Universal Temple right now, read the chapter ahead of time. You already know I'm going through the book uh, one chapter at a time, so you can actually read the chapter, and then when I get to it, you can have your book in front of you, or if you're listening to this on a download, have your book in front of you, and as I go and give the page numbers and give the quotes and I give extra scriptures or extra points from the Revealing Word or other books, um, you can jump right on it and, and put all this stuff together because I have way more stuff than I normally use. I have tons of stuff that I didn't even use today. Uh, but, you know, that happens. I'd rather be over prepared, So I'll be giving from time to time extra quotes, extra scriptures, extra points, extra definitions. I want to make sure even if I'm just speaking, I'm at times giving definitions for things. And you can write these things down in your notes or put them in your iPad, iPhone or whatever. So. Check back in next week. God bless you, and we'll see you with Truth Transforms. God bless.
3: Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple.
2: Stop feeding your problems by calling them problems. Whether you have issues with weight, finances, relationships, or any other area of your life, your perception that you have a problem is the most significant roadblock to transforming your life. Join renowned author and transformational coach Freeman Michaels live every Monday at 4 p.m. Central for his remarkable new show, It's Not a Problem, It's a Pattern, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: how is
2: life working for you would it be okay with you if life got easier simpler yet more meaningful and vibrant join certified life coach carla mcclellan tuesday afternoons for vibrant living each week coach carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant is there something in your life you'd like help with A dream you'd like to achieve. A relationship you'd like to improve. Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream?
1: celebrated unity minister and author eric butterworth tells us the exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization no matter what the problems or challenges you may face there is always more in you the mystery of god in you the christ in you which means your potential for healing for overcoming for prosperity there is no limit join us each week for discovering eric butterworth tuesdays at 5 p.m central time with host reverend tom thorpe Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world on my podcast you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode part of the mindbodyspirit.fm
5: podcast network